1: You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed.
2: The week before Frank was murdered, we were at a go-kart race. Frank would be running all these cars and it got so competitive and they loved it.
3: He couldn't quit. A real competitor. Yeah, he really, he just, the quit wasn't in him.
2: Frank Spencer was, he was like a big teddy bear.
3: If he knew you, he'd cut a leg off, get up and ask if you need anything else. He was one of a kind, great person, Outstanding friend.
4: I've talked to at least five of Frank's friends who've all told me they were Frank's best friend. I think that speaks volumes about who Frank Spencer was.
5: Peter, this is the Frank Spencer residence, uh, the scene of the murder. Really unchanged since 2012. Can you take me inside? Sure. Let's go. Frank Spencer's body was right here on these tiles
1: oh my is that remnants of his blood here
4: it is
6: we didn't have to ask each other we knew we knew it was maria we didn't know who else might have been involved but we knew it was her
4: maria spencer to me is a classic femme fatale an attractive woman a seductress who when a man becomes involved with her this is going to end poorly
7: how would i describe her as a terrorist with me, because I'm not f-ing with you. I need mean, it, I'm
4: done. It was a campaign of terror. Frank is afraid of Maria, and he's also afraid of Rocco
8: Franklin. Rocco Franklin's Maria Spencer's father. Everybody knew who Rocco was.
3: I'm a street guy. Rocco. Everybody calls goes, Rocco. What was the reputation
1: of Rocco? The mythology of Rocco in, in the community. He was a
8: hitman. He would do things for people. He was had some type of association with the mob.
3: I'm not a violent guy. No, I don't mind begging somebody's legs but they deserve it.
4: This was not simply a murder case.
3: Frank told me where it was going to happen was going to be at his house. She said, you're going to get shot in the head. And she told him that.
8: I think she was an emotionally troubled woman who did not want to be divorced. If you could picture somebody screaming,
9: help, help, help. And everybody's just standing around watching. That's what the situation was like. Was he a dead man walking?
1: Absolutely.
7: In his opinion, yes. You don't win unless I let you in. Do you understand?
10: You don't win, Spencer.
4: How could this all happen? If you made this into a movie tomorrow, nobody'd believe it actually happened.
9: was working on the go-karts, uh, we are right in the middle of a big series, we were trying to win. It was
1: July 3rd, 2012, in the once easy-going town of Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania. A Tuesday, Joe Yodok, Frank Spencer's lifelong
9: friend, hadn't heard from him since Saturday. And I had been texting him because we had issues we had to work on with the go-karts. Joe and Frank raced
1: go-karts together for years with their kids. And so that morning, Joe went looking
9: to find his missing buddy. I'll never forget it. I was pulling down the driveway and I thought, man, I hope I don't find him dead.
1: When Joe found Frank lying on the floor, it took him a moment to process what he was seeing.
9: And he'd had this look of peace, calmness, that he hadn't had in a long time. Uh, I stepped over his legs and... I noticed what looked like dried blood in his ear. Now I realized what happened, and that he wasn't alive.
1: This loss of somebody you knew from the time you were in kindergarten, can you put that in words? No. Nope. It was a tragedy, but not a mystery for Frank's loved ones. Most suspected Maria Spencer, Frank's former wife, who had officially become his ex-wife just three weeks before the murder. Maria didn't want the divorce, and the proceedings had been drawn out and contentious. Very contentious.
9: You could tell there was just venom. Didn't matter who was there, she'd fly in screaming, slamming car doors. Ironically, Maria's passion
1: was one of the things that had attracted Frank to her in the first place. He liked the crazy. Frank's friend, Paul Siciliano...
5: You know, in the beginning when they were together, it was fun for him, you know, because he did have that kind of wild side to him.
1: Frank and Maria eloped in 1997. Soon they had a son, Cyrus, and then a daughter, Frankie. Well, the kids were were his biggest priority. Everything he did was about the kids. When Frank's father retired, he took over the family business, a junkyard located behind Frank's childhood home. Frank's friend and Joe's wife Katie Yodok.
2: He knew everybody. I mean, everybody in the town knew Frank Spencer.
1: Frank's friends say Maria didn't seem to warm to family life the
9: way Frank had. Frank was disappointed that she wasn't taking that much of an interest in the kids. The marriage eventually began
1: to crumble, and Frank filed for divorce in 2006. Police were called several times for domestic disputes. Despite this, Frank wanted to keep the kids in one home, his friend Ron Romick.
3: Frank said that kids shouldn't be punished by having to go to their mother's house or their father's house. This is your house. So this week, I live here. Then then that week, I'll leave, and that that the kids should try to have as stable as life
10: as they possibly can.
1: But friends say Maria was anything but stable. In 2008, she was arrested after a scuffle with Frank's mother at her daughter's school. She was charged with disorderly conduct, harassment, and child endangerment for allegedly not buckling her daughter into the car. Tom Leipold prosecuted the case when he was an assistant DA, but didn't feel he could prove child endangerment. And so I agreed to dismiss that charge in exchange for the plea to the two other offenses. Maria pleaded guilty and had to pay a $600 fine. But the judgment only seemed to fuel Maria's rage. She repeatedly threatened to kill Frank, sometimes in front of other people. Frank had been reporting those threats to local police for years. The issue is is that Frank and Maria's relationship was volatile. Hemlock Township Police Officer Scott Tross says Frank and Maria would fight, but often reconcile. He says he wrote up Maria's threats, but says Frank didn't want it pursued.
8: He just wanted things documented for his sake in case something happened to him.
1: By 2009, the Spencer's divorce battle was three years along and still far from over. But emotionally, Frank was moving on. Did the two of you hit it off right away?
7: We did. Frank and I both admit that we were both smitten at the same time when meeting each other.
1: Julie Dent met Frank through mutual friends, and things soon turned serious. Maria did not take this news well, especially when she heard Julie had spent time with the children. Hey,
0: Julie, it's Maria Spencer. You can go out with Frank, but do not make no mistake about it. Watch my children.
1: This situation escalated further. That summer, Maria's father, Rocco Franklin, who had a reputation as a tough guy, was released from prison after serving five years on fraud charges. This was not good
9: news to Frank. He started changing his habits uh, when when her father was out of jail because he was very concerned about something happening to him.
1: Did he feel like he was being hunted? Yes. A few months after Rocco's release, there was a break-in at Frank's junkyard. Nothing of value was taken, but a pile of business records was stolen. Documents that could potentially help Maria prove Frank's
3: income in the divorce. The day after the apparent break-in, I received a phone call from Maria Spencer saying that she had found a trash bag on the front porch of her
4: mother's house with all these business records in it.
1: Remember Tom Leipold, the man who once prosecuted Maria? He was now serving as Maria's divorce attorney, even though he was still an assistant DA. It may sound bizarre, but it is allowed in Pennsylvania for part-time prosecutors. In terms of appearances, do you understand why it, for some It's troubling that you took on Maria Spencer because she'd had all these run-ins with the law. Doesn't that compromise you? It did not compromise
4: me. I had no contact and no involvement with any criminal matter involving Frank Spencer or Maria Spencer after I undertook to represent her in the divorce.
1: None. Many in town suspected Maria and Rocco had been involved in the burglary. Sergeant Traw interviewed Maria and gathered evidence, which he took to the D.A., Tom Leipold's boss.
8: Um, I consulted with the district attorney at that time, and then I reviewed the entire case with him. And he determined that there was not enough to pursue criminal charges against Maria Spencer.
1: Maria gave the documents to her lawyer, and they were ultimately returned to Frank, but the burglary was left unsolved.
5: To this day, I don't understand it. It's like we're in a, you know, some
1: weird universe. Frank's friends were beginning to wonder if Maria would ever be stopped, especially when they saw what happened next.
2: I guess when the house burned down, I was like, this isn't a game anymore.
3: Tough talk or threats? Listen to more of Maria Spencer's voicemails on Facebook at 48 Hours.
11: If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes. But let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting.
10: it's Maria Spencer. Do me a favor.
0: Don't watch my children. Do not get between me and Frank by doing my
7: children. Do you understand me?
1: By the winter of 2010, the war of the Spencers continued, and so did the threats from Maria.
7: I've never been threatened. I really chalked it up to just a, a bully that she was just running her mouth, as she so often did.
1: Maria continued to harass Frank, too, often making veiled threats about her father. Hey, Frank, it's
0: Maria. He's an old man. She's got funny ways. But I thought I'd let you know because I care about you, not because I wanted to frighten you.
1: Despite the threats, Julie and Frank tried to live a normal life. That January, they planned a romantic trip to the Caribbean. And was Maria aware that you were about to take a vacation?
7: Unfortunately, yes.
1: Maria started texting Julie about Frank. He says he loves me and didn't want to disappoint you on your only vacation this year. And do you want to know if he loves you or me? Then, the night before they were supposed to leave, she asked Frank to dinner to talk about custody. And dinner turned into a room for the night at a hotel.
7: She lured him away.
1: That night, Frank's mother's home, where he lived off and on, went up in flames. Frank's friends rushed to the scene, including his divorce attorney, Joel
10: Wiest. Nobody could find Frank. We were all very upset, thinking Frank was in the fire. Fortunately, the house was empty that night, except
1: for the kid's dog, who died in the fire. Frank's friend, Dirk Reed, says as they were standing by the smoldering ruins, Maria drove up,
3: smiling. Drives up the driveway, smirk on her face, turned around and left, and that was that. Frank arrived soon after
1: Maria left and told the state police fire marshal that he was certain Maria and her father had set the fire. But the fire marshal said there was no way to find evidence of arson because the structure was destroyed.
10: The fire was designated undetermined. Frank was extremely angry that that they could not figure out why or how the fire started. Frank was done with just wanting things documented. He wanted an arrest. Frank and I approached everybody we could think of in the law enforcement community. I still, to this day, do not know if there was ever an investigation.
1: Sergeant Traw from the Hemlock Township Police started a case file and spoke to Maria, but says because of the fire marshal's conclusion,
8: there was little else he could do. I did have a strong suspicion that it was arson, um, but I'm not an expert. So when he determined that, that's what I have to go with.
1: After the fire, Maria seemed to taunt Frank in a text. Karma is a wonderful thing. You destroyed my life. I feel a lot better since your whole life went up in the fire. Makes it fair.
7: And I can hear her saying it. It was just a text. I can hear it.
1: Maria followed up with another menacing text about Julie. Julie. I will make her lose her job, her home, and you. Did Frank read that to you?
7: He did. He was very um, distraught by it.
1: As time went on, Maria's threats grew more bold and more public. At a kid's soccer game, Maria screamed in Julie's face that her house was next. A few months later, Julie was home alone, asleep.
7: It was when I heard the breaking of glass. As I came around to the top of the stairs, as I was about to round the corner, I was greeted by a fireball, literally a fireball coming up the stairs. What do you do? Nothing else I could do but to open a window and go out onto the porch roof.
1: Julie jumped from her second story porch roof and survived, shaken but uninjured. I lost everything. And do you believe that the sole intent of this was to burn a house down, or was it to kill you?
7: I do believe it also had the component of, of ridding me from the life, yes, of Frank Spencer.
1: Julie lived in a different county, and she and Frank were hoping for a better outcome this time. But another state police fire marshal at the scene that night said he couldn't find evidence of what started the fire. At this point, even I wasn't accepting it, let alone Frank. Julie's home insurance sent a fire inspector out the next morning. And Joel Weiss says he showed him what they'd found here by this window.
10: There was a car jack right here laying on the ground. It was a scissor jack that would lift the car. What would a jack be doing here? It's heavy. It's steel. It was used to break that window in. And the investigator noticed a path through the weeds by the house. There was a milk jug, a gallon container, and there was an unused road flare lying next to it. An igniter. An igniter, which said to the investigator, these are the makings of a firebomb.
1: A firebomb.
10: The state police fire marshal came back out to the scene. And they used their apparatus to determine accelerants, and there was gasoline all over those steps. This time, the
1: fire was ruled an arson. Frank and Julie told the fire marshal they were certain Maria was involved and shared her prior threats. But once again, no one was charged. In the fall of 2010, Frank and Julie tried separating briefly and in desperation told their story to a local paper. A year and a half later, there was something else in the newspaper, an announcement that Frank and Maria were finally divorced. Had the two of you talked about spending the rest of your lives together, perhaps? Waited. Yes. But that would never happen. The day after that divorce notice was published, Frank Spencer was dead. Let's open this a little bit farther. Oh,
0: my...
5: This is his home right here? Yes, it is. Right here on the left. uh, This is the murder
1: scene. Pennsylvania State Police Corporal Sean Williams was assigned to lead the murder investigation the day Frank Spencer's body was found. On that July morning, as you approached the front door here, what
10: did you see?
5: Peter, there was a lot of blood right here in front of this doorway. Uh, The blood had striations in it, like as though it had been... Pushed with a push broom, attempt at cleanup.
1: Frank's house has been frozen in time in the years since his murder in 2012.
5: You can see some of our chemical testing, uh, Frank Spencer's blood uh, spattered against uh, this frame and door. Can you get us inside? Sure. Frank Spencer's body was right here on these tiles. Uh, Frank's head was uh, behind this doorway, and his arms were outreached above his head. He was laying on his
1: back. Investigators found their next clue in the blood
5: around Frank's body, right here, where this section of the floor was removed. The Forensic Service Unit did their collection of evidence. uh, They found that there were footwear impressions uh, on this tile in blood Footprints Yes Right here Yes We sent it to the FBI uh, for analysis and it came back that it was a Dr. Scholl's model Escape brand uh, size 11 uh, sneaker The same size and brand of shoe that Maria's father Rocco was known to wear
1: What other evidence did you find here in the house?
5: I can show you if you come on in This is the main living room of Frank Spencer's home. We come back into the kitchen here. The forensic services unit, they found a glove, a yellow cleaning glove, uh, right about this position right here. You expect to see a rubber glove in the kitchen, but not laying in in the middle of the floor. And the mate for the rubber glove was actually right inside the sink here.
1: When the gloves were tested, Maria's DNA was found inside. Friends say she hadn't lived in that house in over a
5: year. It wasn't a a door slam, close the file and make an arrest, but it definitely helped us along the way. Detective Williams had now apparently linked Maria
1: and her father Rocco to the murder scene. But that could only take Williams
5: so far. I mean, we work in our business with fact. So just because everybody in town was saying, I think Maria did this, I think her father did this, we couldn't just assume that.
1: But soon, investigators uncovered more evidence of two suspects. Frank had been shot by two different guns. And forensic analysis determined that the first bullet struck Frank when he was outside the front door. And it came from a
5: rifle. Uh, A bullet passed through his bicep and went into his chest cavity. And was that a fatal shot, do you believe? Yes.
1: Since a rifle is typically a long-distance weapon, police
5: expanded their search into the woods. Peter, right up here on this ridge across from the house, you'll see a Y in a tree and there's a big base. This one right up here? Yes. Yes. So that is the location uh, where we found a spent casing, a live casing, both 30-06 rounds, and there was a soft gun case uh, for a long rifle uh, located as well. Now this killing took place
1: in July, high of summer, so I take it this whole hillside would be covered with leaves, bushes, would Frank have seen an attacker
5: up there? I wouldn't think so. So this was a classic ambush? Yes. After
1: that first shot, William says Frank was dragged inside and shot again, this time with a handgun at close range. Then why a second
5: bullet? It could be a motivation of hatred. Uh, it could be a message sent to Frank Spencer. That shot meant something to someone that put it there. Detective Williams had another mystery to solve. Where was Frank's pickup truck? We have a victim inside the house, but there was no vehicle there for the victim.
1: Investigators checked security cameras along the roads near Frank's house, and they found images of Frank's truck driving away from his house just minutes after they calculated he had been murdered. But who
5: was inside the truck? I sent it to the United States Secret Service, and it was still just too far away. It wasn't like they could zoom in, look through the window, and see who was there. Frank's truck was
1: eventually found in Sunbury, Pennsylvania, 27 miles from Frank's house and just five miles from where Maria was living at the time. Frank's missing truck had led police toward Maria's home but there was something else missing from Frank's that day that would lead them toward Rocco's. And then all of a sudden...
0: There was a dog up here!
1: (laughs) Right over here
12: is a Weimaranian.
11: Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite-clear aligners.
6: Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place.
4: You good? What do you think? Does it look all right? Yeah. All right. So.
1: Frank and Barbara Pinto run a wedding venue in Dauphin, Pennsylvania, 72 miles from where Frank Spencer was killed. On the day of the murder, they were setting up for a wedding when an uninvited guest wandered in. Beautiful dog just comes sashaying in. I said, well, whose dog
4: is this? And nobody knew whose dog it was.
1: It was Frank's dog, Muttley, adopted after his kid's dog was killed in that fire. So did Muttley look... Exhausted, like it had taken some 70 mile journey to get here.
7: You could tell he was somebody's dog. He was very well taken care of. Very well taken
12: care of.
1: Detective Williams realized that someone had driven Muttley to Dauphin, and that person must have been at Frank's house at the time of the murder. And how many killers would take a dog with them
5: unless they knew that dog? I wouldn't think too many.
1: Williams learned that Rocco lived in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and the wedding venue is right
5: along the road from Frank's house to Rocco's. Rocco's cell phone is on that direct route that same day. Williams theorizes that Maria had asked Rocco to take Muttley for the kid's sake,
1: and that Muttley had run off accidentally when Rocco stopped along the way. It was now two months after Frank's murder, and Williams wanted to talk to his two main suspects.
5: Maria refused. But to Williams' surprise, Rocco agreed. Which still blows my mind why he decided to talk to us. However, I think Rocco likes that cat and mouse part of an investigation. Rocco did give Williams an alibi. What did he say? He said, I never left Harrisburg. I couldn't believe it because I know from his cell phone that he had traveled twice. Rocco told police a
1: preposterous story, saying that while he had never liked Frank, he was actually at Frank's house the day before the murder without Maria
5: helping tidy up. I said, well, what kind of cleaning were you doing? And he said, well, uh, I was, you know, folding laundry and uh, cleaning up with the push broom.
1: That's the same push broom that was used to clean Frank's blood off the porch. Even more far-fetched, Rocco said Frank had let him test drive his truck that day, and that when he offered to buy it, Frank
5: suggested they wrestle for it. Basically what he's saying is, I touched Frank Spencer, I touched the truck, and I touched that push broom.
1: It sounds like he's trying to create a scenario, if you find my DNA in any of these places, this is why. Absolutely. Around the same time Rocco was talking to Williams, Frank's friend Dirk saw Maria in the stands at a high school football game.
3: So I just sat down beside her and I said, I just want to let you know, don't worry about me around your kids. I said, I'm never going to say anything to disrespect you or Frank around your kids. And she looked at me and goes, that's why you're still alive, Reed. And I just looked at her and said, tell your dad I said hi. And she went off.
1: Like many of Frank's friends, Dirk suspected Rocco had helped Maria murder Frank.
3: And we were basically almost nose to nose. And I'm going, why? You took him away from not just your kids, from everybody What did she say to that, though? I mean, did she say, I didn't kill him? Oh, no, no. What she said was, the last thing he saw before he died was me. It was
1: a
5: wretched moment for Dirk, but a huge piece of evidence for the case. She's putting herself at a homicide scene. If she saw someone take their last breath, she's saying she was there. By that autumn, Williams was working
1: with prosecutor Tony Foray, the senior deputy attorney general for the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania.
4: I think it was horrible that what Frank went through.
1: Foray was handling the prosecution because the county D.A. was now Tom Leipold, Maria's former divorce attorney, and he had recused himself from the case. Foray was aghast when he learned Frank had been reporting death threats for years, both before and after the fires in 2010. In the state of Pennsylvania, is making a death threat to someone, is that a crime?
4: Yes, that would be a terroristic threat.
1: Even when Frank did ask police to investigate some of the threats he reported... Maria was never brought in for an interview or charged with making terroristic threats.
4: You get away with terroristic threats. And then if you get away with a burglary, and you get away with a fire, and you get away with a blatant attempt to murder a girlfriend in a fire, the only thing left is murder.
1: Local police officer Scott Traw. People in this town who believe... That you and other members of the Hemlock Township uh, Police Department were just not doing your job, you were not properly
8: investigating these threats and complaints. You say what? That's not true. Every incident was thoroughly investigated. If they were serious in nature, um, the Columbia County District Attorney was consulted and he would determine at that time if, if somebody would get arrested or not arrested.
1: The county district attorney during most of the time leading up to Frank's murder was Gary Norton. He says he never knew about Maria's threatening voicemails and texts.
12: As district attorney, I only
1: know what the police tell me. And Norton says it was usually up to police to make arrests, not the DA.
12: When I was DA, 95 to 99 percent of the arrests that were made were made without consultation with the DA. The police had that power and exercised that power.
1: Julie Dent's fire was not in Traw or Norton's district, and Norton says he didn't ignore Frank's mother's fire or the theft of Frank's business records. He says he was following
12: the law. Is there an arson, and can we prove arson? No. Is there a burglary? No, because Frank Spencer had no proof that it was Maria who entered the premises. Before a prosecutor can ethically bring a charge, there has to be evidence or proof beyond a reasonable doubt.
1: But prosecutor Tony Foray felt he could prove the earlier crimes and Frank's murder. It took time to gather evidence, and in 2013, Foray convened a grand jury. This time, both suspects agreed to talk.
4: And there was no interrupting Maria. So as soon as she took a breath, I would ask a question. Did you ever threaten to kill Frank Spencer? Her answer would be, absolutely not. Check, one count of perjury. Did you ever threaten Julie Dent? Absolutely not, check.
1: And so Foray charged Maria with 12 counts of perjury, more than a dozen other charges, and most importantly, Frank Spencer's murder. In July, 2014,
5: Williams went to arrest her. And that's when I told her she was under arrest for the murder of Frank Spencer. She immediately began to say, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God.
1: The warrant for Rocco's arrest was issued the same day. But Rocco was nowhere to be found. It had been two years since Frank Spencer's murder and Maria Spencer was finally under
3: arrest. It was like you lifted a, you know, a weight. Like there's a thousand pounds on your back.
1: But her father Rocco had skipped town the year before,
5: fleeing right after he finished his grand jury testimony. Within like 36 hours, Rocco Franklin had boarded a plane to Colombia, South America. And are you hot on his trail? Not at that point.
1: That's because Rocco had an 11-month head start. But once Williams had an arrest warrant and a little help from the State Department, he found him.
5: He was only four blocks away from the United States Embassy in Buenos Aires, Argentina. I couldn't believe that it was sort of that easy. Sort of was the operative term. Within weeks, Rocco was arrested by Argentinian
1: police. But he fought extradition. And so in the fall of 2015, Maria Spencer went on trial for Frank's murder alone. Prosecutor Tony Foray.
4: The totality of what went on is, I think, both the strength of the case and also the the horror of the case.
1: Foray had Maria's DNA at the crime scene, the truck found close to her home, and her history of death threats. Maria's defense was to blame her own father.
4: Clearly, the defense strategy was this was all Rocco, Rocco, Rocco. He's the bad guy. It was all him.
1: Cameras were not allowed inside the trial. One by one, Frank's friends took the stand. How many of you uh, were called upon to testify at trial? All of us. All of us. They told the jury about the fires, Maria's admission that she was at the crime scene, and the years of harassment. Julie Dent testified about an especially disturbing threat.
7: So what would she say to Frank? One specific that I remember plain as day is that she would cut off both of his hands and dip him into a hot tar to cauterize them so that she would never... He would never be able to hold his children again.
1: The trial lasted nine days. As the jury began its deliberation, Frank's friends were worried. You were just thinking, mind, yeah, like thinking, oh my God, things
2: never seem to go our way, you know.
1: I was scared. Eight hours later, the jury had reached a verdict.
4: I look down. I never look at the jury because I don't want to react. I'm waiting, which seems like an eternity. And then it's guilty, 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 guilty.
1: Maria was found guilty on all counts for murdering Frank Spencer and for the two arsons, the burglary, 12 counts of perjury, conspiracy, and terroristic threats. Merry Christmas. She was sentenced to life without parole plus
3: 50 years. That
1: was it. That was it. <laughs> yep. That's
3: it for all of
1: us. Like, Stop. oh, my Thank gosh. you. Thank yeah. God. It took another year and a half, but in 2017, Williams was finally able to bring Rocco back to stand trial.
3: I never done anything. you killed Mr. Spencer? Of course not. Don't talk me
1: Maria had argued Rocco killed Frank alone, but Rocco wasn't following that script.
3: Come on, I got no beef with Frank Spencer. If I had a beef, I'd have broke his face a long time ago.
1: But Rocco, who spoke to us from the county jail, doesn't appear to be holding a grudge against Maria for trying to blame it all on him.
3: Maria never hurt nobody, but they did to that girl's outrageous. Rocco says
1: he's innocent of murder and the rest of it. But they got no
3: proof. What proof they had? Show me one piece of evidence. One eyewitness, one fingerprint, one anything.
1: Prosecutor Foray says he has plenty of evidence. From the shoe print in Frank's blood. Footprints. Yes. To Rocco's ridiculous story.
2: How are you feeling,
1: Rocco? I'm oh, doing fine. How are you doing? Putting himself at Frank's before the murder. And, of course, the arrival of Muttley at that wedding.
3: Like, I'm that dumb that I'm going to steal a guy I'm supposed to whack. Take his dog and leave it 10 miles from my house? Come on, that doesn't even sound right. In the autumn of
1: 2018, after a four-day trial, Rocco Franklin was convicted of Frank's murder. And for the burglary and the arson at Frank's mother's house. He was sentenced to life plus 45 years.
3: I mean, this has been a long, drawn-out affair. And it never needed to be what we're going through now. Dirk's wife, Dina Reed.
6: After the first fire, she should have been in prison. Um, Frank should still be here.
1: Sergeant Tross says he did what he could.
8: Frank's dead. I understand that. But I wouldn't do anything, and our department wouldn't do anything differently than we did.
1: Tony Foray has called what Frank experienced an epic failure of law enforcement
4: did anyone stop and look at the totality of everything that was going on and do something significant in terms of arresting either maria or her father rocco the answer is no well
12: there's not a crime in the pennsylvania crimes code that's called the totality of the circumstances make you look really guilty former da gary norton you have to analyze these things case by case and ask yourself Can an arrest be made, and can I, in good faith, uh, secure a conviction beyond a reasonable doubt? And the answer uh, was yes where we prosecuted her, and no when we did not prosecute her. I reacted as best I could in the situation, and my conscience is clear. I don't have any regrets as to what I did.
1: Out in front of the courthouse, where Gary Norton now serves as a judge, and Maria's former divorce lawyer, Tom Leipold, serves as the county DA, is a fundraising brick Frank Spencer purchased years ago.
9: He dedicated it to his children. And there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about them. And uh, and I still can't figure out why, why it happened.
3: Was Rocco a wise guy? Listen to what he has to say at 48hours.com.
6: That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk
3: about starting the morning right.
6: Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Oh. mm Find Love at First Drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
8: Right now it seems as if everything is
1: unpredictable. We're all stuck at home. And like you, I'm feeling a bit helpless right now.
6: But I want you to know we are here for you. All working together. You are not alone. That's right.
9: Because we're all in this. And we're all in this. We're all in this
0: together. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to the 48 Hours podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com slash survey. Join me, 48 Hours correspondent Erin Moriarty, on my podcast, My Life of Crime, as I take on true crime investigations like no other. This season, I'm looking into the secrets within families, cutting straight to the evidence and talking to the people directly involved. Enjoy my life of crime on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on Wondery Plus.